0: podcast is brought to you by.
1: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure that's microsoft copilot learn more at microsoft.com slash ai for all
0: head on down to your local jackrabbit slims for a rocking good time because the jackrabbit slims every night is a blast from the past catch a show performed by one of our toe singing servers then twist the night away on our retro 50 style dance floor Enjoy an old-fashioned $5 shake while you relax in one of our classic American-made automobile booths and let Jackrabbit Slims take you back to the good old days. Movie stars are out tonight, folks, so head on down to Jackrabbit Slims Off Route 66 for great food, killer tunes, and magical memories. Don't be a square daddy-o. Come get your share of the fun at Jackrabbit Slims, the hippest joint in town. I have written a TV show. I've written eight episodes, all right, of a limited series. I've written all eight episodes. I'll, I direct all eight episodes. But, you know, that might be what I, like, uh, start setting up next year. I hope to do two more books. I plan on doing first play that I've just wrote. But I want to do A Hateful Eight later on stage. But I could very well write a stage version of, of Reservoir Dogs when I'm mm. doing theater. <laughs> one I can imagine where it would be another epic, where I need to outdo everything is if I did a Kill Bill play. And then I wrote five episodes of Bounty. <laughs> but I could see myself writing a novelization for a Reservoir Dogs. That would be cool. Welcome, all you inglorious bastards, to another episode of Inglorious Blue Balls, a bastard's work left undone, where each month over the next three years, we'll be taking a look at one of the many projects Quentin Tarantino has announced over his illustrious 30 plus year career that have never come to pass. I'm your host, the Reverend Scott K., and joining me on this daunting quest into the psyche of our hyperactive, motor mouth, hip firing Lord and Savior's laissez faire approach to announcing projects is the ordained officer of the church, Friar Wheeler. Over the course of this journey, we will be delving into the backgrounds of these announced projects, speculating on why they never came to be, hypothesizing on what they could have been, and giving you our level of blue balls that these unrealized films have left us with. Next up on the docket is one of his announcements from 2010, an untitled medieval movie that was rumored to have starred Helen Mirren. But before we storm the castle and remove some fucking heads, it's my pleasure to welcome back Mr. Friar Wheeler. Welcome back, Friar Wheeler, M.A. Tarantino. Be with you always.
1: Cheers, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: Yes, we have decided to sidestep Monsignor, and we should have always known it was Friar. You look like a Friar Tuck. So we got Friar Wheeler, now a part of the church. And yeah, uh, this year was our second one. We're, we're on a roll now. Yeah. Here we go. Number two. The deuce. Yep. We're, we're dropping
1: our deuce. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing way more research than I need to be doing, I think,
0: but <laughs> It's funny thing, right? Like, if my teachers, now that I'm a teacher, I, I, I do understand the pain uh, students go through, but I'm sure my teachers would be, like, flabbergasted at the amount of time I have spent cultivating and studying stuff like this and wouldn't wouldn't even put in the fucking effort for some of the other shit that I was supposed to do in school. So, yep. it's you know, when you find a passion, you, you get into it. So, I mean, if, if there was a class in Tarantino, maybe I'll a great class. I mean, they've got a class where somewhere about uh, Taylor Swift now, I don't know why I can't get an adjunct professorship and just... Just talk Tarantino.
1: I'm waiting for a Tarantino Jeopardy and then you you and I uh, are going to go on there and we we'll probably pat or yeah, slay Please. at it.
0: <laughs> so, now listen, uh, you do have other things. You know, I mean, you'll be on this season of the you know, the church's other series. I think once or twice Total, because yeah. you're really pretty much now doing full time duty once a month here as a friar
1: at the Church of Tarantino. I yeah, gotta get you a shirt made. <laughs> nobody wants to hear me more than that, anyway. And it's I think true. I'm your I'm your lowest rated podcast when I'm on. So. No, not at all. You'd be
0: surprised. Actually, I've seen the uh, the numbers for last year. The numbers for the Hateful Eight actually jumped up quite significantly. It's, so I think it's the fourth highest uh, downloaded podcast yeah. I have
1: behind all those Bruce Willis ones, or what? Bruce Willis is a different <laughs> monster, and don't you
0: hate on him. How dare you make fun of a man who's got aphasia. Now, speaking of aphasia, uh, your podcast, I believe that you have some rumblings. Do you want to tell the uh, audience about your main podcast that you were doing, and also what's going
1: on with your record label there at Scareflare? So nothing's going on with the record label at all. Just kind of sitting around waiting for some stuff, and mm. Ryan and I, who... People may know Ryan. He was on your death proof episode. Under the influence. Talked yes, about he was. Heard of the Crystal Plumage last season. Um, Him and I do a podcast that was called the Splatterhouse podcast, but we're going to kind of revamp it to grow it i guess is you know what we're talking about doing with it and he got married and i think he works at napa or some shit and he became Hmm. a manager so he's been traveling for like a few months and just we haven't had a chance to really do it and we were starting to talk about gearing up and doing it again here soon the guy that did the chainsaw massacre the shocking truth score is doing a theme song for us even oh very nice yeah like i'm I know celebrities who know people, so and I'm doing conventions, so I will be in Atlanta, Georgia this next weekend, which we're recording on the 21st. I'll be there for Days of the Dead, and then I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina the second week of February for Mad Monster Party with Kiefer Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips and a bunch of the Smallville cast and... Mm. I don't remember who else is all on it. Oh, the Duke's a hazard guys. I'm gonna try to get you uh the fucking sheriff to come on here and you so you can interview (laughs) him about (laughs) yeah. He's still alive? Roscoe Pico
0: train is still alive.
1: No, it's the Duke boys. So the one Oh oh you're talking about the Duke. Oh gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, you said
0: the Duke's a hazard, and you said the sheriff, and I thought you were Roscoe Pico train. I said, no no
1: fucking way, Roscoe Pico train's still alive. Greatest name in television, bar none. And he is amazing in fucking Rolling Thunder.
0: (laughs) Now, did you want to tell the audience that you changed the name to the Pop Shot Spectacular? No. Or no? Okay.
1: No, because I, I had to like actually first like, first one's gonna be thriller. You're gonna do. Thriller? I was like Scott, I need a name, and I, it has to, <laughs> a, it can't have anything to do with Willem Dafoe's dick, That's which you have an obsession with which you Listen. haven't mentioned it yet, so I just didn't. Like well, you just
0: did. So see? See, look, look, see? Uh-huh, you <laughs> yeah. want to make fun, but somehow it's found its way. As uh, Petro said on my first episode of Character Study, somehow talking about Defoe's dong has become the Nick Fury of podcasting between me and my friends. <laughs> it, 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 it's, our own, it's our own podcast universe. That somehow
1: you it has joined a bunch it, of them. After yeah. all the credits, you have to come on and go, you what will Defoe's talk? <laughs> exactly. Exactly, you do. (laughs) (laughs) People Uh, waiting for that shit after the credits now. (laughs) He
0: didn't say it. Uh, So, now that you're an official member of the church, are there any new opportunities or free stuff that you have gotten for riding my coattails?
1: No, I haven't been out. I haven't been out. Like, it's zero degrees here in Missouri. I'm freezing to death all the time. I haven't been out. Um, I was in Alabama like three weeks ago. And yeah, no, nobody came up to me that at that at that con for it. So mm. yeah. uh well, have you got that box set? No, that, I'm no, still no, talking with the guy about it. All right, well so he's not is. sure if he wants to let it go now for
0: Yeah, he probably heard my he, Yeah, 'cause you're my you know, he should doesn't want to donate to the church. Does he know you're an official of the church and he can get a tax write off or something like that?
1: I don't well, better to give than receive, motherfucker. Yeah.
0: Well, yes. If you're the giver.
1: I'm gonna pass the
0: plate and <laughs> see if he puts it in there. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to sidestep the rest of what I was going to say because I'm going to offend some people. So we're yeah, going to no. move on to what we're here to talk about. All right, my friends, it is time for you to pour yourself a cognac. Open a box of Havana's and strap yourself in as we embark on our journey through the gargantuan accumulation of blue ball-inducing project announcements spewed from the mouth of our Lord and Savior, Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Our next step on this arduous expedition is one of his declarations from 2010, an untitled medieval movie. January of 2010, apparently it is rumored that Tarantino announced that his next film, after at the time his recently released Inglourious Bastards*, would be a medieval film. Apparently, he had offered the lead role in the film, a foul-mouthed monarch, to Dame Helen Mirren. Mirren had previously played a queen in 2006, the queen, as Queen Elizabeth II, and according to sources, she was willing to play a monarch once more. Now, this film would retain the usual QT trademarks, bloody violence, and foul language, and was to be set in England's Middle Ages. There was an article in Digital Spy, published on January 23rd of 2010, that claimed Dame Helen Mirren had reportedly been approached by Tarantino to appear in his next project. The article claims that she had been asked to play a foul-mouthed monarch in his upcoming medieval movie. The article went on to say that Helen had never worked for Tarantino before and was interested in the role. However, four days later, on January 27th, MTV, back when they did music and talked about movies and even had a news section, back when MTV was more than just whatever bullshit it is today, they asked Dame Helen Mirren if the rumors were true to what she said, I wish. I should be so lucky. After that, the rumors of this project seem to die overnight. Now, I have scoured the internet and could not find anything that confirmed or denied that Tarantino had announced his project as his follow-up to Bastards in 2010. And as you know, his follow-up would end up being Django Unchained in 2012. Now, myself and Fire Wheeler will now discuss why we think this announcement has made numerous websites Tarantino list of films that never were. As we were kind of talking prior to recording, this rumor, this announcement, we don't know if it was an announcement, if someone was just brilliantly setting something up. There is no real, there's really nothing out there to confirm or deny what the fuck happened. All we know is in the third week of January, around the same time we are talking right now that we're recording, although you'll hear this a month later, someone somewhere decided to say that they heard that Tarantino was making a middle of a movie and wanted to have Helen Mirren star in it. Four days later, that thing was shut down, and we never hear another thing about it. But it had such juiciness. Here we are talking about it 13, 14 years later. What do we think? What what, what is this? Did this happen? Did it not happen? Is, I, did, did someone I like you said in our first believe. episode,
1: did he fart and someone no. wrote it down? <laughs> he was out drinking in the UK. And he got just plastered on Guinness on, the, on Guinness, on the black stuff, and he was had his hand on the wall diurnal. urinal, and he said, I'm going to get a medieval on your ass. and And somebody said, he's making a medieval film. And then they reported it in the UK's The Sun newspaper, which has been sued over and over and over again, <laughs> from what I understand, for putting fake shit in their newspaper. As Steve Smith would call it, it's a rag, baby. <laughs> so... That's what I think happened. Is I just think he said something like, "I would love to do you know something," and then all of a sudden, and he probably said Helen Mirren was really hot at one time. And wow, you know, I'm sorry, Miss Mirren. I'm sorry. Well, she, I mean, for her age, here, she is but...
0: she is kind of smoking. I
1: mean, yeah, she I mean,
0: obviously she's much older now, but she was pretty smoking and red. And I've watched a couple things with her recently. Oh, that, I mean, she's getting you, older,
1: but that 1923 though, like Harrison Ford was just killing it. How how hot he looked in that show. Yeah. So how hot he or she. <laughs> which she was amazing in that. So like, I thought he was going to be the lead and she yeah. ends up being the lead of that show. So it was kind of cool. I
0: mean, he's, he's always trying to crash a plane somewhere. So, you know,
1: yeah. he's always trying to kill himself somehow. Get out of the next Indiana Jones before they rape him again. Well, I take that back. The last one wasn't that bad. So but we're not here to talk about Indiana Jones. You
0: sidetracking, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. It's what is surprising to me is how much a fucking small little thing like this has resonated and lasted. Like, if you search this on the internet, you're going to find a couple of places, like Screen Rant, other places which will put this in one of its, you know, ten announced yep. movies that they wish he did. And all it seems to be is, like you said, maybe someone made something up from The Sun, um, that Limey magazine drunk. that you uh, so <laughs> pontifically stated that <laughs> prior, that you know it, i mean it caught fire and it does give a little credence to the fact that whenever he says something as you mentioned in our very first episode it gets legs and it crawls and even if we don't know that he said it or if it was like said in passing or like you said someone heard him just say medieval as he was walking by and like boom you know what i mean or yep. maybe he was even talking about it could even be like he was talking about her being in that movie and how good she would be as a foul mouth something in a medieval film, and they're like, that must be that's what he's gonna do next. I mean, it could have just been a simple conversation.
1: No, oh, and in in his normal way, he still has never said shit about this. No one's ever asked him about it. I'm just gonna ask never... you that.
0: Why? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think he just likes the as as people who hate him? Like I said, the love and hate of Tarantino is if you're a fan, like what this podcast is based on right now, this series is us discussing things that would never work. Because it's something that we enjoy, even though it gives us blue balls and can piss us off at times
1: and frustrate us. Well, he gets easily distracted. He oh, he, so oh distracted God, he, with yes. Like, he'll just have like an idea, and that's, you know, <laughs> like he gets distracted. It's like a dog with a, you know, playing ball, and then a squirrel runs by. It's just like, oh, shit. Well, there's there go a yep. Django. I need to go do that. And then everything else he's talked about gets, you know, which I have no problem with that because all of his films have been good. Yeah, But when he makes a bad movie, I'm like, why didn't you do that medieval movie, goddammit? That would have been better than this shit. Better than the film critic or whatever the fuck it's called. It's
0: the movie critic. I'm Like, hey, you know what? We're recording late January. You're hearing this late February, so maybe some things have been announced. But there's a good chance that (laughs) that doesn't come to fruition. There's a good chance that, that too much time has passed between when he wanted to film it and did. And it could be the TV show again now, or it could be, who knows? All right, so... We'll kind of discuss why it didn't why this thing that may never have been said didn't come to fruition. Now, for me, the biggest reason this film never came to be is one of two possibilities. The first is Tarantino mentioned it, as we said, to someone in passing, and the reality is it was just one of many possible ideas he had swirling around in that over-imaginative brain of his. And as we will bring to light over the course of this series, the church feels he's easily excited about ideas, and they burn very bright. However, they also burned themselves out almost as quickly. So like a dog in a field chasing butterflies, another butterfly came along and he quickly forgot about this one and chased after the newest one. Until that butterfly landed on Django Unchained. Now the second is, Quentin never said this at all. It's an unfounded rumor that gained steam because the rumor's creator was just smart enough to attach a big name to the project. And it got the press and fans alike to froth at the mouth. Which is why it stayed alive for over a decade since it was first uttered out into the universe. Now, Mr. Friar Wheeler, what do we think is more likely?
1: Both or one or the other? I, I mean, it could have just been a script that said medieval movie, and someone <laughs> wrote Helen Mirren on it. You know, to be honest, I think that he may have talked about this at some point, and I, I think that those two reasons are possible. I also know that he probably he could have talked about this or been thinking about it, and then just got completely caught up with his. Django distraction and went another way with it. There's also the possibility, because we know that he doesn't like to follow trends and there's all these fantasy movies and stuff coming out at the time. Game of Thrones was rumored and announced for 2011 for HBO. You've got the Conan movie that was remade. Rodriguez was gonna do a Red Sonja movie with Rose McGowan that was rumored for another podcast for us (laughs) down the road. I mean, you had all that stuff. There was a Clash of the Titans remake in 2010 But he doesn't like to follow trends and will always go his own way. Uh, That's exactly the opposite of what you'd expect. I mean, who expected a World War II epic after he did Death Proof or even Kill Bill after Jackie Brown? It's just completely different films. I mean, the closest he's ever come, obviously, would be, you know, the Kill Bill movies. And then Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight are probably the closest, you know. They're, they're different movies, but they're mm-hmm. the closest that fit. But I, I don't see where this even fits in his filmography. It's such a weird idea. But if you look at all of it, like there's so many, there's oddballs in there, but this would be completely out there.
0: It would have been in his wheelhouse because it's not like he hasn't played with swords before, right? I mean, no. I mean, so he's very adept at getting sword play in there. It would have been interesting to see a foul mouth type of just what Tarantino would bring to that type of genre, the medieval type. Sword and Sandal type of movie. Because... I just want to hear what the dialogue would have been like. Like, what's the pop culture references from fucking medieval times in fucking England going to be? what do well, they know? What you, are they talking about? Know Shakespeare's
1: would've... latest play. <laughs> yeah, you know that he would have studied that shit. I mean, look at bastards, has got what, four different languages in it? Yeah. yeah. And oh, like, yeah. you know, you got people like Mel Gibson and like David Milch, the guy that did um Deadwood that wrote all those. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got such a grand way of speaking and it's all wrapped in profanity. Like it's Totally see, you know, like Tarantino doing something like that where it's all eloquently written with, you know, motherfuckers thrown in there everywhere that was just a
0: fucker of mothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh <laughs> you know what somehow. I mean, I guess I can't say I'm gonna go go medieval on your ass, because they are medieval. So I just yeah, it would it would have played interesting. We would it would have been an all white cast, probably, most likely. Maybe. I, don't, I don't know how many black people lived in medieval new in
1: medieval England.
0: I really don't. I don't I, I don't did, know was is, is that
1: a I did not study up on that. We're oh, sorry folks. No re- I, I no thought research. maybe
0: I thought maybe the Friars Research Department was gonna be a little bit better, but <laughs> apparently <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> we'll do better fire next time, ass- folks. We're we my do, We will do better next time. It's time for some hypotheticals. Now, we're going to take a look at what we think the film could possibly have looked like, even though we don't know if it was ever truly something he announced. And we'll see what kind of impact it may have had on his filmography, as we are kind of slightly discussing. Obviously, we know the lead was going to go to Helen Mirren, or it was rumored. Who knows? There's only two names I could think of at the time in 2010 who he would have probably had in the film. And I'm sure he would have gotten more uh, English actors uh, but I think that his mainstay, Tim Roth, would have had a head role, for sure. And he had just worked with this man. I think Michael Fassbender would also have been a part of this film. Again, we have absolutely no idea what this what the plot was. There is no. It just seemed to be a farted whisper of a rumor. But the only people I could come up with for me, besides Helen, which was already fucking predetermined for us, would be... Uh, his old counterpart, Mr. Tim Roth, who is actually of English descent, and Mr. Michael Fassbender, also of English descent, and plus Mr. Fassbender. It's fluent in both German and English, so that might have lent itself to something in the plot as well. Who knows? Who knows what to, what surnames we would have got? What family ties would have been thrown yeah. into? I'm going to say the Hitchcocks. Hitchcocks had yeah, to be one I, of them, right? Like, we would have a little in bit my more. Notes
1: too. Like, yeah. What was he going to... What was he going to sprinkle in there as Easter eggs yeah. for, you know, like the the great, 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 great grandfather of the fucking Vega brothers. <laughs> He's an executioner. <laughs> it's, it, Joe Cabot's dad was once uh,
0: <laughs> Joe Cabot's great, 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 great grandfather. Rode elephants. Exa- yes, exactly. <laughs> Why do I got to ride an elephant? Because you're a pansy. So, yeah, I mean, who else, who else do you think we could have seen possibly in this film that never will
1: see the light of day ever? I'll, obviously Helen Mirren, I mean, and she commands a hell of a presence on screen. Um, I think my favorite with her, have you ever seen The Mosquito Coast? Yes. With her oh, yeah, and Harrison on, Ford. It, yes. and, like, he's absolutely unhinged and fucking crazy in that movie and she, like, holds her own through the entire movie with him. So, I mean, obviously with the whole medieval thing, I'd love to see Thing Rames in it in some way. Like, that would be great. <laughs> maybe, I was wondering about Samuel Jackson, but I thought maybe Christoph Waltz, like, that's one that you know, I could see where he mm-hmm. just worked with him. He won an award. He had, like, this great experience with him. And then, you know, maybe he wrote something in there. And I could also, I would love to see Kurt Russell with another beard playing, mm. like, a king or a dead king. Or, you know, like, he could be, you know, do flashbacks or something with where yeah. he's married to Helen Mirren or something. And um, I also would love to see him work with uh, Melanie Laurent again because she was really mm. good. But... You know, he had just got off these movies, and you know, sometimes he gets inspired to do other movies as he's working yeah. on current movies. And those are the only ones I could really think of. I also, as far as casting goes, I would I, not really casting, but I would love to see him dive more into the Morricone discography to find more giallo and Western score pieces to place in this medieval movie that it shouldn't work in there, but it does because he has a talent for doing that. And I was. What thinking- about some pop, some pop music that he just? flies in. Yeah, there. like well he would I, he would there would be a battle scene that would be to stripes whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> to that, <laughs> tra- be watched. <laughs> yeah. The
1: trailer's got fucking seven nation army behind it. You know, like fuck me with the white stripes. Oh but. Jesus. Good Lord. Just
0: stop. You're upset. The three man records is kicking your ass. Don't be, don't be, yeah, don't be surly. You, don't no be one's surly. ever going
1: to be, fuck you that. know,
0: all I'm going to say is it, now that you kind of mentioned some of the black actors, I was thinking it made me think of Robin Hood when Morgan Freeman's in it. And they very well could be part of the crusades. It could have been a movie that also had to deal with the crusades, which would have lent itself to some better battles, and some cool shit, possibly. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, Chappelle was in Robin Hood, Men and yes. Tights.
0: Yes, so I mean. <laughs> he, he was. I yes, Dave, you know, Dave, let's put Dave Chappelle's name down on there. He's going to reprise his role. I, I, I think we have wait. actually gone through this movie just in this last five minutes for the Jared did. We've, actually, <laughs> we we've part actually...
1: written for Adam yes, Sandler as yes, well. Adam, yes,
0: but <laughs> in, instead, obviously, what's his name's going to get it? Eli Roth, he'll play the... Uh, uh, it wouldn't be a bear Jew. He'll play the uh, wolf Nazi or so, so, something. Wolf, whatever. He'll be <laughs> and somebody. And
1: playing the cobbler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a horrible movie. Uh,
0: uh. Yeah, no wonder Elamir didn't want it. Oh, my goodness. Now, had he made this film, it would have expanded his historical films. Because uh, he, once he started in Glorious Bastards, and even all the way up to now, uh, the end with the movie critic, everything is starting to fall into these almost time frames. So we talked about World War Two. we go back to pre-slavery, we go to post-slavery, or I mean post-Civil the Civil War, then we jump into the 1960s. So he would have fit into this realm that he had kind of been going into. I don't know if it would have been some kind of rewriting of history, because like I said, I think we fleshed out a little more of a plot, which we really didn't much, more than anything that has been said about this film. Other than that it'll be violent and there'll be swearing in it. Like, to say that there's going to be violence and swearing in a Tarantino movie is like saying they're going to score baskets and there's going to be dunks in a basketball game. Like, it's really stating the obvious. It's a John Madden fucking uh, reporting on that article.
1: Yeah, well, and you also consider like his film knowledge, and obviously he's watched this type of genre his whole life, and he knows what works and is not going to work in the film. I'd also be interested to see his play on time periods, timelines, you know, history and stuff like that. But also, we, we know that he hates CGI. And he mm-hmm. uses it sparingly. So he's only apply- he would apply it for practical sets in camera magic, practical effects and actual location. So I mean that would be cool too, because they don't really do that anymore. They just, you know, like they'll make the fucking castle or I don't even know, like you watch those Harry Potter movies, how much of it's real and how much isn't, and you know, some of the other mm-hmm. fucking movies that are like that Clash of the Titans, I think that half of it's fucking fake when you watched it at the time period, you know, yeah. when it came out in 2010. So I I could see him doing some crazy shit with it. Also, like, the polish that he had on the film, on his films after Inglourious Bastards, is just amazing. And, like, I, I it would have, you know, lent itself really well to this type of genre of film if he was going to do it.
0: Uh, I wonder if some of this juice for this film came from him just finishing kind of filming over in Europe for a while and maybe seeing some of these castles, you know, maybe some of it, some of the filming process while I was overseas doing this. Maybe it kind of inspired him, like, yeah, it'd be cool to do a, a period piece like this and kind of like a uh, kill Bill with fucking swords and sandals in the medieval. Yeah. Could, have, could have been something. I mean, again, like I said, I think we have actually talked more about this than anything else out there. We are now the foremost expert on a film that may never have ever been talked about. <laughs> We've had more discussion on this than anything else.
1: I honestly believe, though, like, I don't think he's ever even talked about it. I don't think it was even a thought. Like, well,
0: the fact that he's never said denied it, but maybe it's just him. Maybe it's just him. He likes to, he likes to have those things out in the ether, you know. Sometimes just to whatever. I mean, I guess as long as people are talking about, you, it's just not a bad thing. Like no press is bad press.
1: When you put in your Google search for this, how many pages down did you go? Because I went five and cannot find anything other than what you reported within the first.
0: 100. Yeah, there's there's not a lot in the first few pages. Like it just becomes like someone else is like copied and pasted what they said nope. into another article. But basically, what it becomes, even when you go into like a the Screen Rant one. And it'll say, you know, they basically have copied and pasted what they heard in the other thing and they'll, you know, talk about how they might've been excited about it, but there's never been a single thing I could find where he said no or said, yes, this was true. You know, there's Nothing. The only person who said anything was Helen. And she said she wishes that was a a truth. And that's it. Like, honestly, it really kind of just died there. Tarantino never came out, never spoke about it. And it's literally, there was that late January. There's like these four days in January, 23rd to the 27th. There was a medieval movie possibility. It was killed off by Helen Miriam on an MTV interview. And it has been quiet now as we record close to that date, 14 years later. And we have actually exhumed it. and We've brought it back to life. And we've actually talked more about it than any one else in the history, and there you go. This is the this is the stuff you come to this podcast for. This is the juicy bits of information you're looking for. Now, had this film come to pass, I feel we either don't get Django or we don't get Hateful. I think one of those two films may fall by the wayside if this medieval movie comes out because he's going to do a western.
1: Either yeah, poor. Yeah, we could not get any of the four, that the three he's done and the one he's talking about because of this. Yeah. And that's where it's, it's like that Back to the Future where it's like this alternate Tarantino yeah. universe of fucked up films.
0: Now, I, I heard a, an interview where he's been thinking about being done after 10 films for like 20 years since. So basically after finishing Kill Bill. I don't know if that's true. I, I mean, I, I mean, I can't deny him. I mean, he's, if he's the one who thinks he said it, then then that's what he's been thinking. But it feels like it just suddenly came out of nowhere. You know, like it does feel like suddenly, right around, what was it, The Hateful Eight, he started to talk about it, that he had like, you know, 10 films was going to be his last kind of thing. So it feels like he's been discussing this in the last five years or so, five to 10 years. But I don't know about two decades. It, it just feels like he suddenly... I I mean, again, he's married now, he's got two kids, so I I get it, and he's also older in age. He's going to be 61 this year, so I do understand.
1: For 25 years, I've followed just about anything that this man has said publicly about all these films i missed this one i don't ever remember it or anything um well it was so quick and brief no but things have changed like back in the day you would just get like you didn't even unless he was like rolling stone or something or on charlie rose you didn't see long form interviews with him and now he's doing podcasts there was uh, i think five of them that i found just the other day that he was on after once upon a time in hollywood where they're doing long form sit-down interviews that i don't know if they're sending him the questions before or after but nobody ever asks him about this shit it's always the same stuff over over and over and over again. So I mean, it, if he came on here, it'd be you know what's here's the list of thirty six movies. What the fuck? What where are these? You know, I could just see you. You know, where's my fucking TV yeah. series? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it is weird. Well, I I mean, I guess probably because a lot of the people are gonna they're gonna ask about Double Vega, which we covered last month. Uh, they're gonna ask about Kill Bill Volume Three. They'll ask about even some of the newer things that have been mentioned that we'll get into. Where he mentioned doing an actual. Book remake more, you know, basically tailing it more to being faithful to the book of Rambo or First Blood, I should say. And he talked about even redoing his own Reservoir Dogs, even having an all-black cast for Reservoir Dogs. So, and there's a couple other ones like Black Crow, which we'll get into later on. There's there's a few that he has talked about that I think probably take precedence, especially when you've got something that's only been four days. Four days is basically the life of this fucking possibility. And I don't know, we'll see. I guess we will finally see. Uh, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll get a chance to talk to him and he'll actually come out and say, Hey, you know what? That thing was fucking bullshit from the start. Never said that. Or he's like, you know what?
1: I was taking a shit. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I dropped a napkin. Much. I wrote it down on it. And that was it. So, well, he doesn't have like a webpage. He doesn't have Twitter or whatever the fuck he it's called. He is now.
0: a curmudgeonly old man. He's like, he's a fr- Like he won't write with a typewriter. He one finger packs. Like it's almost like he... Uh, he's like a, a hipster sometimes. Like I only ground my own coffee from beans that I personally pick on my vacations to Guatemala. Like fuck you, fuck you. He doesn't fuck do that. You. He goes
1: to Starbucks. You ever seen the video? I of him know. I'm just saying.
0: Just, I mean, good lord. Like, oh, look. He's at shutting time advances. Down. <laughs> time advances, and technology advances. Jesus
1: Christ. But we, if seriously, if he had a Twitter account for the last five years, we would have six years Worth a fucking podcast, oh, well, you know. Then you're right. I should, I
0: should probably be a little bit more happy that he's not on because yeah. I would have we we would just never end this goddamn show. This show would just go on for eternity. Talking about this for shit. eternity, It'd be <laughs> like Jesus. You know what he announced today? On, it'd be like he like the Donald Trump of fucking movie twitters. He would just <laughs> announce things. He's out of the blue, I was taking his shit today, and I looked down and it looked like fucking Christoph Waltz, and I thought maybe I'll do a movie about Christoph Waltz as a sewer cleaner, and he gets into some things, <laughs> and he runs into the nin- the t- teenage mutant ninja turtle. Turtles. There's no shit and There's, there's Hitman chasing Yes, everywhere. yes To a damn Hitman Named Mario and Luigi You're after him as well And he pulls out <laughs> a big pipe <laughs> And drops oh. his
1: dick on the floor Bam um. Although there's a part of
0: me That kind of wants to see him Have a Twitter And, and just announce Un-inane stuff But anyways He just announces things And no, no one to question him About it anyways Be the first one every time Every time Where's the
1: TV show? <laughs> Send You're <laughs> all bitching about that <laughs>
0: So, I mean, honestly, I don't know that there's going to be a very hefty uh, blue ball here. But, once again, our blue ball rankings. For each project we discuss, we will rate the level of blue balls that the Never Realized Project has given us based on the following five shades of blue. And they are baby blue balls, mild discomfort, sky blue balls, some troubling tingling, royal blue balls, wince-inducing throbbing, navy blue balls, agonizing pelvic aching, and midnight blue balls, where you must ejaculate or die misery. So, Mister. Wheeler, The Good Friar, what level of blue balls
1: does the Untitled Medieval Project give you? I'm going to say Baby Blue. Uh, this is one that despite my taste in films, which if anybody knows me, I love Conan the Barbarian. And the thought of him doing a film like that would be cool. But uh, it's really low on my list because of the, uh, until I get more details or like the misreporting. Just knowing that it could be bloody and filled with profanity isn't enough because I expect <laughs> that. Uh, even if he made a children's movie at this point, I'd expect the puppet getting blown apart with stuffing flying all over the fucking place. It's a cool thought, but I also think it would have distracted him from Django, which is his most successful film to this date. Mm-hmm. And we may not have got Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time of Hollywood in their forms without, you know, Django. Uh, we've seen how he gets distracted and then it leads to promised, teased and unfinished (laughs) projects. And that could have happened to Django if this one's true. And like, I love Westerns as much as I love like medieval sorcery. Fuck. I was watching kingdom of heaven, the roadshow version right before I walked in here to do this today. For the first time in a while. Because I've been wanting to watch it again. I love westerns. And I remember going to see Django in the theater. Knowing that my favorite director did his first western. And he'd been waiting for it. I remember how excited I was. And I don't think I'd trade that feeling for a medieval film. So just knowing like if you could go back. Like I don't know. I just it's not doesn't register as high with me, especially when it was over a four-day period. I mean, I've had relationships that have lasted longer than that.
0: I mean, (laughs) I've had had farts that lingered longer than this announcement seemed to do. This podcast episode is longer than anything. Willem Dafoe's dick is is bigger than that. Oh, (laughs) Willem Dafoe's dick. We're all living on it. It's a timeline you don't know that you're living on. But yeah, like you, this gives me baby blue balls. Like, I'll be honest, um, I don't even remember until we started doing research for this podcast Um, uh, of some concrete ones uh, and the reason that i decided we would dive into this is because it made a lot of top 10 announced projects that never came to the light a uh, list for his and for those who don't know a in little insider information of the 36 projects we found only one was hand-picked to start with and that was obviously the Vega Brothers, Vega. We had to start with that. It was the first announcement that felt right. Everything else was put into a randomizer and randomly came up. And our second one was this, the untitled medieval movie. So that's how you are listening to this. We did not decide to do them in order. That's no fun. We're just going to do them in a random order. So every month you'll come back and we'll have something new. And it'll be from either a different decade. You just never know what's going to pop up next and how juicy it'll be. But for this one, yeah, yeah, baby blue balls for me. Uh So far, the biggest blue balls for me is still, I think, Double Vega. As we go through this journey, it'll be hard to overcome that as far as uh, a level of excitement and disappointment of not
1: Seeing that project come to fruition. for me for now, I might I might change my mind as we go down. We got we got a lot more to go. And like some of them, like the not to spoil anything, but there's one uh from another Elmore Leonard novel that he mm, had optioned mm-hmm. at one point. That I'm in the middle of the novel right now, and it's really good. And I'm like, I could fucking see this,
0: and it also made the top ten list as well. Yeah, I would love to see this,
1: and we may be doing it sooner around the summertime. Well, no, and he I think he still owns the option for it. So I mean, maybe he can the script and give the script to somebody else. Once again, this
0: is one of the possibilities we're hopeful for is that he will, he is retiring from being a director. He maybe he won't gonna... retire from writing and then we could have some other people step in and uh, do some of his films. So that'll be interesting. This
1: is such, it's such bullshit with the reporting <laughs> because they're, they're just like, oh, he's fucking done. And I'm like, he's not going to build a bear with his kids. Okay, that's not something that this man's going to do. He may go to a playground, but he's going to be sitting there with a notepad jotting down ideas to give to other people to make movies, books, all kinds of shit. And he's constantly doing film reviews and stuff. So, like, I don't—he's not going to just walk away. So everybody that keeps telling me that, I just, like, you know, like, I get it all the time at the console. You're a Tarantino fanatic. What do you, how do you feel about him retiring? He's not fucking retiring, okay? Like, he's just going to do other yeah, shit. Yeah,
0: just not directing anymore. He's retiring from directing.
1: And I don't even believe him on that because he, he, it's not that he's a liar. He's just, I think he's mentally ill a little bit and just, he says shit. I just don't think he knows, he hasn't had kids for a while.
0: And he's in the he's in the golden age of his children right now, where they're yep. still toddlers and they're little. Where they're, and they're fun. Uh, yes, they're fun. And anyone who's a parent is listening to this knows how quickly that fun turns into fucking bedlam, and how yep, quickly in ten years he... they're gonna hate him. They'll be trying to kill him in his sleep. Hey, shit! In five years, when they go to school, he's going to be like, all right, "I got to get out of the house." When they get to yep. the no phase and all that stuff, he's going to be chomping at the bit to to do something. So we shall see.
1: Ten years, he's going to be sleeping in bed, and his daughter is going to be standing with a fucking eye patch, going, "Don't ever wake up, shithead!" Like it's just, <laughs> it's coming. It's fucking coming. Uh. So yeah, because that's what they all do. If you don't have kids, don't fucking have them because they hate you. <laughs> So
0: there you have it. The level of disappointment is so minimal, you might say this project never seen the light of day doesn't fucking bother us at all. Now, please reach out to us on our socials and let us know what level of blue balls Tarantino has left you with since the announcement of this project nearly 30 years ago. And that's a wrap on this episode of Inglorious Blue Balls. I would once again like to thank my co-host, Friar Wheeler, for joining me on this daunting journey through the vast jungle of unrealized project announcements from our Lord and Savior, Quentin Tarantino. Now you can find the links to all the Friar Wheeler's endeavors in our show notes. And as always, you can become a member of the Church of Tarantino by following us on all of our socials. Those links can be found in the show notes as well. Now if you'd be so kind and take a moment to like, review, subscribe, and follow us, the church would greatly appreciate it, as it will help other fellow Tarantino fans like yourself find the show. So be sure to join me again next week as Neil Damiano, film reviewer for the Top 10 Films website and former radio host of Film Talk on Swellcast Radio, joins me for our Pulp Reflection series as we take a look at the world-building Pulp Fiction did to help create what we now know as the verse. So until then, I'm the Reverend Scott K. May Tarantino be with you always. This has been a man with an exceptional beard production.